Welcome to Outside the Box, Worried and Angry. Today's topic is P.O.'d about the P.O. The post office has been in the news recently, mostly because of slowdowns by a new postmaster general and questions about whether mail-in voting ballots will be delivered on time for the November election. The current White House resident has also acknowledged that he does not support the P.O., which could make mailing a letter or getting meds more expensive. Postal workers' unions and many in the public who use the service have been P.O.'d, pissed off by the changes and worry about the future viability of the, of the post office. Financial challenges, thanks to a strange requirement for the post office to fund 75 years of retirement and health benefits, hasn't helped public confidence in its long-term survival. Demonstrations outside the home of the post office head and congressional hearings have brought the crisis to light. Will the problems be fixed before the election or if a different president is elected? Many see attempts to gut the agency as a threat to democracy. But another argument has surfaced for maintaining the postal service the benefits of using post offices for banking purposes. Not surprisingly, banks don't like the idea, even though they're not interested in the small saver that post offices would appeal to. It's competition. Although using POs for banking purposes sounds like a new idea, it operated in this country for several decades. The idea of postal savings banks was first proposed in 1871, an authorization for the U.S. Postal Savings System, the USPSS, was passed in 1910. Accounts were limited in size, and interest rates on deposits were very low. However, the option was popular because post offices were everywhere. It especially appealed, appealed to those with low incomes and simple needs for financial services better than a mattress or in a shoe. But pressure from the banking industry forced post offices to close banking facilities in 1967. And this idea is not just limited to the U.S. About 30 other countries have had, or have now, some kind of postal banking. Vietnam, the U.K., Sri Lanka, South Africa, New Zealand, Italy, China and Brazil are a few examples. Of course, post office staff would need some additional training if they were doing more than simply deposits and withdrawals of money. Some investment in equipment and facilities upgrades would be required. But the post offices could take advantage of economies of scale. Returning banking facilities to POs would not be that hard. However, the real hurdle might be cries of socialism from banks and some politicians. Post offices, like credit unions, do not operate to make a profit. They function to provide a service to users, like a utility. Maybe if banks operated in a similar way, our banking system would, would be much better, too. There are a few banks, too few, called Community Development Financial Institutions, or CDFIs, that operate more to provide services to communities and less for profit.
Cries of socialism ring hollow when the federal government provides deposit insurance to bank customers, allowing banks to take plenty of risks. Several too-big-to-fail banks were bailed out in 2008. It seems like the government and its people are serving the needs of banks more than the other way around. Like political rights, guaranteed in the Constitution, there are economic rights, such as the right to health care and the right to food that we could adopt. What about a right to credit, which many rights advocates include? A postal banking system could provide that in a way not available to much of our population now. Postal banking could guarantee that every U.S. resident, citizen or not, had access to financial services. Yes, almost anyone can get a loan right now, but at a steep price. Loan sharks and payday lenders will lend at least anyone with a job, but their interest rates are high, double-digit and even triple-digit. In Maine, the maximum interest rate a lender can charge is 18% and 30% for payday lenders, but in some states, it's higher. A small loan at a high interest rate can keep people in hock for months or even years, and as mentioned in a previous Outside the Box, 40% of all U.S. residents are unable to cover a $400 emergency without either a loan from a friend or family member or from a high-interest payday lender. Would you put at least some of your money in the U.S. postal savings system if it were re-established? I'm Larry Danzinger, ready to use the P.O. for some of my finances.